Hi, welcome to Worship Leader Life Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Toon, and we're here to disciple worship leaders. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. It's worshipleaderlife.com podcast with Stephen Toon. That's me. And we have a really special episode for you today. I have... Uh, <laughs> cornered a couple of my worship leaders from Oliver Alliance Church, and we did this uh, a month or so ago with Chad and Cam. And today we have Andrea and Julia, and it's awesome. I get to kind of hear their heart and how a little bit about how they prepare and you know their journey as worshipers, as worship leaders. That's what we're here for. We're here to support and resource and you know, develop and mentor worship leaders really to disciple worship leaders. Cause that's what we are. We're followers of Jesus and we're trying to figure out what it means to be, you know, people who are musical and who are here to facilitate and spearhead worship for God's people. So, and that happens every day and in every aspect of our life and hearing these two women talk about their relationship with Jesus and their relationship to the community and, and with leading worship just reminds me that we all have a priestly role that we, it, you know, it doesn't matter what you think about yourself and what you think about, you know, what you're good at. If God calls you to something, God empowers you to do it. And, resources you to do it and gives you your take on it right um we're all so unique and so i think it's really important to have multiple voices and to share our experiences with one another so that we can grow and we can support each other as worship leaders so here are two of the finest local worship leaders around andrea and julia i will say we had a some problems with my computer and I apologize to Andrea and Julia because I was like, you know, typing and moving my mouse and moving the microphone and trying to, the whole time they were talking, you know, I was trying to fix this issue with the computer at least, well, for probably about the first 20 minutes or something. It never got resolved. So we ended up using the backup recording, which is on from my phone. So you can tell that the quality of audio is, is different. Um, you can hear the, the room reverb and traffic outside. Cause we, we just weren't thinking we picked, picked a room in our church building that uh, was a little close to the road. So I apologize for that, but I guarantee, uh, this will, will, you know, support you and, and, and resource you as a worship leader, just to hear how it's going for, for, for others who are doing the same thing. So bless you. Thank you for listening. And oh, I should also mention just before we go, I am running another worship leading boot camp in I think it's in about 10 days. So today is June 19th. Uh, head to worshipleaderlife.com and check that out. You can register for that and it's going to be fun. So yeah, enjoy. And thank you for listening. I have two wonderful guests with me here, um, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves, but two of the worship leaders from 
my home church, Oliver Alliance Church. So welcoming uh, Julia Fernandez and Andrea Lester to the Worship Leader Life podcast, two worship leaders from my church. And we are in the, is this the boardroom? At the church, is this prayer prayer boardroom? I'm hoping to be it to be the fireside room someday. (laughs) I have big plans for it. So, are we going to put a fireplace in? I would like to. Yeah, sure. As soon as Pastor Jeremy gives me the go ahead to. uh... Yes, that would be awesome. Welcome to the podcast. As I told you before we started recording, um, I want to interview real live worship leaders who are leading worship in the local church, and so that's why we're here today. Um, we interviewed Cam and Chad uh, a couple months ago and had them on the podcast. And so now we're going to compare notes with Juliet and Andrea because I'm sure they have a totally different take on all of our Alliance Church worship. Not really, but we'll see. So why don't we start with just tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got into leading worship. You want to pick rock, paper, scissors to see who goes first? Okay, I guess I'll go Julia first. wins. Uh, yeah, I'm Julia. Um, I guess I, like I, I've grown up in the church, so have always uh, been in this uh, environment of worship, I guess you would say, and um, was really blessed to have a dad who was very musical and uh, loved to worship, even though it was with the accordion or really? <laughs> um, the, the piano. My dad doesn't read music or anything like that. He just plays. He just, it's just all by ear. And I always thought that was amazing. I wish I could be like that. Um, yeah, so I, I grew up in that. As a child, I, um, I don't remember ever there being a time where I didn't sing or (laughs) was involved in music in some form or some way you know like in kids choirs at church and uh, just kind of any way I could be involved I just I don't know I don't know how it just I always was I guess it's just how I remember it being Uh, in youth I remember having this like desire to be a part of the worship team like I wanted to be on the youth band and just thought, okay, I'm gonna learn bass so that I can get on the youth band. Nice. <laughs> so I got a bass one Christmas, and I just remember being in my room for you know hours upon hours figuring out how to play it. So with that, I was able to, you know, like be a part of our youth team and and do that. So yeah, it's just always been something that's been kind of in my heart and that I've always wanted to be a part of. And uh, right on. I don't know how long, how many years you want me to go through, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, did, I mean, did you start leading right away when you were in youth or? Yeah, so in youth I didn't lead. I just, you know, I sang, I played bass and just kind of watched and learned. Um, I grew up in a Pentecostal church and I was really around a lot of um, like just atmosphere of worship 
and just being able to witness and be a part of the the act of pursuing mm. as well as waiting for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I mean, at the time I didn't realize I was learning, <laughs> you know, but I was like, I, I was learning what it was like to, um, not be complacent, I guess, in your worship or in, um, being like intentional. Yes. And like seeking out experience, um, with God right and through that, you know, building my own relationship with him and growing and maturing in that, um, I didn't actually lead worship until I, I grew up in Ontario and I moved to Alberta when I was 18 and I went to Northwest Bible College, now Vanguard, uh, college. So I, when I had initially moved there, um, I'm not even sure exactly how it happened, but somehow I'm pretty sure it was the senior pastor there at the time just was like, okay, so you sing? So, okay, you're going to lead, <laughs> you know? And I was like, ah, okay, you know, like, um, I know I played bass there a bit, but somehow I just ended up putting the bass down and just leading. I didn't know you played bass. So I haven't played this is news in me. years, in years. That's kind of when I stopped playing really is when I started leading. Next time I play on your team, I will insist that that means you have to play on my team. <laughs> there would be a awesome. problem because I barely remember anything. Okay. <laughs> I okay. need to practice again, but yeah. And, um, yeah, just from there, I just started um, figuring out what it was to lead. Um, and a lot of, I guess, my experience as a teenager and being in that atmosphere of worship helped me, you know, like in that, because I just, and I think in my innocence and young age, I just was very vulnerable and just very who I was, you know, um, which I still try to be to this day, of course, but, mm -hmm. um, I think even more so at that time, I just, I, I don't think I knew any better <laughs> than to just kind of wear my heart on my sleeve and just let the Holy Spirit lead. Um, even though sometimes he wants to lead you into scary places, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. um, I mean, as a teenager, I went through this time where I felt like, you know, is God real? You know, I made a lot of stupid decisions, decisions and choices. And through all of that, I was still, you know, like at youth and experiencing the Holy Spirit and going to, you know, youth conferences and doing different things like that and still having experience with God, but then also still pushing him away and saying, are you real? Is this for real? You know, um, eventually I, you know, I made, had to make that decision and everyone does at some point. You have to say, you know, like is that this is real in my life that God is real and that I'm going to follow him wholeheartedly and I'm not going to, I'm going to stop questioning and second guessing. And I'm guessing worship yeah. played a part in that. It was everything. Yeah, for sure. I mean, right on. It, it has always been just kind of like the heartbeat of, of how I connect to God, you know, personally and how God speaks to me, you know, mm -hmm. through, music so much and 
Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna say like there, I've heard so many people say I got thrown into it. Like <laughs> you know, I was I was at camp with a pastor who played ukulele, and he's like, yeah, bring a guitar to the fire, you know, like tonight, and and I didn't know what I was doing, but he was. Uh, strumming away his ukulele chords and I was just trying to keep up and so he didn't throw me in but I've heard so many people like even uh Brian Dirksen has said I've heard him you know teaching or in interviews and he says like basically he showed up to I think it was a, vi- a vineyard like a small group and and then um I think Andy Park was leading worship and he said oh so you play guitar so you can lead worship next week. See ya. And then, like, that was it. Brian was leading worship next week. And he had yeah. played music before, but, yeah. you know, this was kind of a new territory, I guess, for him, from at least from what I remember him saying. But. Mm-hmm. So, Andrea, did you get thrown in? <laughs> how did no, you get, I would say how it's a little bit started? more gradual. So I have a similar story in that I have grown up in the, the church my entire life. But kind of a polar opposite Mennonite experience from Pentecostal. Uh, Mm -hmm. Although I would say probably a fairly forward-thinking Mennonite environment. Um, And then I was part of a church plant back in 1987 when I was nine years old. And so we had a very small, intimate group of about 40 people. Um, So that was kind of my more formative years, I guess, of from nine to becoming an adult, of uh, being part of a really small community. Mm-hmm. Um, I also come from a very musical family, so grew up taking piano lessons, flute lessons. Um, my dad has sung in multiple choirs. My mom plays piano. My sister is musical, but I'm a very, um, I don't know which side of my brain, but I like to read music <laughs> and I like to follow and my left and my right don't always go together very well. So. I didn't really get past grade five, uh, Royal Conservatory piano. So I don't feel like I'm, well, I definitely am not good enough to be able to lead and play with an instrument. So I've only led with uh, just being a vocalist. Um, went to a small Mennonite Bible school in Saskatchewan, which kind of helped, I guess, bring me out of my shell in terms of being involved in musical groups. I also had just a desire to be part of a worship team, but I wasn't at Bible school at all. But I took private voice lessons there, um, which I think just helped to boost my confidence in that I could read music, Mm -hmm. I could make a decent sound. (laughs) And then coming back to Edmonton, where I was going to school and going to church, um, I think I started just singing with a friend who was a talented guitar player and singer. And just involved with worship in that capacity. And I'm not even sure how it transitioned to leading, but it was about 14 or 15 years ago, just before, I guess just after I was married, before I was pregnant with baby number one, and before we moved to Oliver, I led for a short time in Edmonton at our church, back when you still picked out overheads. Was this the same (laughs) church that you grew up in, or, or this was... Yes. Yeah. So, um, just a question about overheads. <laughs> I remember there was always somebody in charge of 
like overheads and they would be on the stage or on the platform with us. Did you guys have that? <laughs> no, they weren't on the platform. Okay. But yeah, someone was in charge of them for sure. <laughs> we had a guy um, in Regina. Uh, we called him Baker Boy, and that wasn't his real name, but he was a baker at our college, and he was awesome. And he often did the overheads at church, and he was, like, so animated and so into it. And <laughs> I swear they were just getting him to do it because he was, like, leading worship. <laughs> He'd be like, through the overhead. <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm doing the visuals. Um, anyway, so, cool. So you, so you started... Uh, leading with this guitar player friend yeah and now when you lead you're often leading with a guitar player friend too <laughs> I, I definitely need a guitar player friend yes because <laughs> like Compliment. our uh, jeremy who just popped in a minute ago which i probably have edited that out but <laughs> he is uh often playing with you mm-hmm. and um so you sort of lead as a team in a way but um he also leads too on his own, but he takes a back seat when you're leading. He listens <laughs> right. to what so do you the, say. No. <laughs> the song choice and organizing the team and putting that all together, but in terms of musically, he leads with the guitar or combination with the piano, whoever is on the team that week. But the nitty gritty mm-hmm. hours behind the scenes that yeah. go into the yeah. the service. I do that. And I enjoy the organizing part, I guess. Like I don't have a a super scientific method. Maybe we're I'm jumping the gun here with this. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I like to know uh, sermon topic or like themes, scriptures that's going to be used, and then I just kind of think about it. Sometimes I pray about it. Sometimes I ask my girls, "Hey, what songs do you like? What should we sing this week? Or what are your favorites?" And just kind of build a set list from there right on it can vary so we t- i asked cam and chad about this like and i think for each of us it's a slightly different but what's the prep like because we don't have a worship pastor but we have two pastors um Julia knows one of them really well because <laughs> she's married to him. Um, and they're involved, obviously, if they're preaching, they're involved in helping us with, you know, giving direction for the services and stuff. But how involved are you two with Jer or whoever, like, when you're planning the service? Like, do you just send them a list, say, here's what I'm doing, see you Sunday? Or is it like a back and forth collaboration? or? Well, for me... I, when I'm leading, I like, I like to be like pretty well prepared, like even two weeks ahead. So like my prep will start maybe even three weeks ahead where I'll just put music on, I'll be sewing or I'll be, you know, outside on my porch or doing whatever, going for a walk and I'll, I'll just be consciously intentionally thinking about you know mm-hmm. the service about you know worship um coming up um and just kind of getting my heart there getting my head there my spirit there and uh a lot of times I'll pay attention to kind of what was been what we have been playing the last you know few weeks 
Um, and also just being conscious of, you know, songs that have really been speaking to me um, in my life in, in that time frame, in that moment. Um, but yeah, for me, it starts with prayer and just getting my, my head in the game kind of thing, my heart um, prepared for it. And I'll, um, I'll come up with like too many songs, like I'll yeah. have like six or seven songs or something like that. Like I'll have too many. And then um, like I'll check in with Jeremy, Pastor Jeremy, or my husband, if he's going to be preaching that Sunday. And I'll look on the schedule because usually he has like the sermon title or something there. So it gives me kind of an idea. Um, a lot of times I don't stress too much though about exactly what they're speaking on. Um, I just worry about more where my heart's at, where my head's at, and where I feel like God's calling me or leading me and in, in, in for the set that week. Um, yeah, so I'll have too many songs. Um, I'll go through them usually with my husband because we, you know, we play together as a team. We lead together. Mm. And uh, we'll go through them. And sometimes he'll throw one out because he's like, oh, I'm not doing this. And sometimes I'll throw one out and I'll be like, forget it. That's not working, you know. <laughs> um, and sometimes he'll throw one in, you know, and say, no, let's do this one. Or, and I'll say, yeah, awesome. And, and then we'll have a list. And sometimes I still have too many. <laughs> and I'll send those to Jeremy. <laughs> and he'll be like, don't do that one. Or, you know, or let's cut it down to three or let's cut it down to four or whatever. So then we'll cut it again. Um, and I really like to be collaborative. So like, uh, Lisa, Stephen's wife, she's wonderful, who's amazing. And I love dearly plays with me a lot. And I wish she'd play with me every time. <laughs> uh, so she sings and, and plays piano. And, uh, a lot of times I love to say, Hey, you pick a song. <laughs> Mm, so, yeah. like, last time I led, I was like, do you want to pick a hymn? That was your foot. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I'm just moving some things around. Yeah, Getting... so she'll all, like, ask, you know, her to pick a hymn and, and, or a song, and she'll lead a song, and then my husband will lead a song, and then I'll lead a couple songs, and I don't know. I enjoy that. Like, I enjoy the, us work, you know, the working as a team and just different people. Yeah. calling out and having a different voice in the service because I think we all speak to different people and like our spirits can spirits can connect totally. you know with different people and yeah lives. like a, a friend of mine used to always say um the Holy Spirit is as present on Thursday in the rehearsal <laughs> or on Monday when you're prepping yeah as he is on Sunday morning when you're leaving so <laughs> and everybody has a different take on like you know how to approach a service like I know that I was just talking about Stuart Town and a couple episodes ago I think where he um, he has like at least one way that he used to do it he has like three or four kind of lists like mm -hmm. almost like like branch off kind of lists mm -hmm. so he'll start with a couple songs and then he'll sort of feel like okay I think we got to go to this list and then he'll you know, and the band all has all those lists and they've done all the songs and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, um, so speaking of that, uh, oh, I had a, a question related to what you were just saying. 
Um, oh, yeah, just so you get to rehearsal. Like, mm-hmm. Or do you guys rehearse during the week? Or yeah, try to. I mean, I, I know do. it's different I always right now. do. Yeah. So how often do things shift and change in rehearsal? Do you ever... I guess what what I'm thinking is like, so how does your band play into your song choices? Mm-hmm. You know, like... Oh, big time. Like, because sometimes I'll have your father-in-law, Rock, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rocky. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just have him on percussion so I won't have a drummer. So I'll have like percussion, bass, piano, guitar. Mm-hmm. So that plays a big role in what songs I would pick or the arrangement, at least, of the songs, how we would do them and different uh, things like that. I usually always send my list out. I try to anyway, like by Monday or Tuesday of the week, we're le- if we're leaning the Sunday, I'll send it to everyone and just say, you know, if you have any thoughts or questions or ideas, please let me know, you know. Um, I try to do yeah. that. And I mean, always there's always prayer, obviously, and I read, read the word or I'll listen to my audio Bible, which I do all the time. And sometimes a scripture will, um, you know, like, uh, direct me somewhere um, specific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you, no, we we don't have planning center or anything like that. We use Song Select, CCLI Song Select, and we have a master list of songs that we're generally mm-hmm. doing. Um, so where do you two go, where do you go, Andrea, for songs? Or do you typically rely on song select or do you have your own list kind of going I have my own very unorganized list I think I have music back to 2002 or 3 in a big huge Rubbermaid at home (laughs) and so I will sort through my music I'll look at lists of what we've done in the past and I feel like as worship leaders there's kind of five of us right now at church Uh, we do a lot of similar songs that overlap but I feel like there are certain songs that certain worship leaders maybe tend to do more than others. So yeah. I'll look at some of the songs, not that they're my songs to do, but um, in quotation marks. Um, but it just it seems like those ones jive with yeah. who I am or as a team and vocally, depending on the key. Um, yeah. I'll look at that. Um, I, I'm definitely more old fashioned and maybe go to technology less and I like looking through the hymnal and right. I use my old green worship hymnal from the Mennonite church <laughs> and I'll look at the index in the back and I'll look at scriptures and I'll cross-reference which songs might pertain to certain scriptures which is why I like to know that planning ahead not everything has to be thematically like sure. the yeah. same and overlapping by any means but mm-hmm. yeah. I like for there to be some, I don't know, cohesion and if it goes together. And it doesn't always. And then sometimes, obviously, the Holy Spirit just works it out. Mm-hmm. And words preached from a sermon will yeah. exactly match a song. or And the words from the song, I'm like, that's amazing. Thank you, Lord. for. Yeah, totally. And it's just so cool to see how that happens. Because I can plan as much as I want. I'm still only human. I cannot come up with everything. And so I love to see the evidence of God and the Holy Spirit and how he plays a huge role in how worship comes out on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy practice and connecting with 
team members and hearing just where they're at in their life and yeah being able to practice together and then um, come together Sunday morning and practice and play again it just yeah. it feels good as a group I'm definitely not as organized as you Julia I'm a very last minute so it's like Wednesday and I'm pulling my team together and finalizing songs and so a lot of people will say yes to play and be part of the team without knowing the song choices which stresses out some people more than others. And I realized yeah. I've picked the worst song for them or it's like their biggest nemesis. I've definitely done less, <laughs> that's for sure. But I, I try, I attempt. Well, now this whole online yeah. thing is definitely mm -hmm. pushing us into a new realm of being more organized. Yeah. yeah. And the hours that go into the editing have changed. And so mm -hmm. I'm going to try and be a little bit more organized because we yeah. have to do things a bit more ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of that, th sorry, this wasn't on my questions, but um, how has that been for you two, like, this recording, our worship sets? Like, we were doing it from home or, you know, just one or two of us for the first month or so, and now we're getting together at the, at the church building and we're recording live with the band, like, and that's totally new for a lot of yes. people. So I know one of our piano players um, was, you know, like, I don't think they've done any recording that I know of. And so it was, um, the leader that was working with her was really worried, like, oh, I hope she's going to be okay with this. But now everybody's been playing wonderfully. Like, and I came and recorded Andrea's band one week and like, there aren't, yeah, it's been great. But I know that just, people in their minds it's just a different thing yeah so how's that been for you two it definitely feels weird like the first time i had earphones in and i'm trying to sing along to coordinate what jeremy had already recorded it was weird and then it's <laughs> weird to see yourself on tv yeah, yeah. and you kind of psychoanalyze yourself and you're like oh goodness i should have done this and i should have looked at the camera and mm -hmm. could have done this or that but i think when it all comes down to it it's all about your heart and mm. the congregation is just delighted to see a variety of people again I mean it's been great that we've been able to go online and have services and they were quite simple and stripped down and now we've been able to expand that again and so you know meeting ladies in the neighborhood going for a walk and they're happy to see <laughs> people again up on stage and leading worship so um, yeah, I just have to think, take me and my thoughts and my imperfections yeah. and my analysis because people mm -hmm. aren't watching the service and analyzing how I stood and what I wore and all of that. I mean, yes, we mm. all make mistakes, but I think it really comes down to the heart of worship. And Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. I think um, like the process of preparing is very similar. It hasn't changed a, a ton. <laughs> Um, but then the actual, like having to, the delivery, the, the delivery, like, yeah, like, I mean, I think I'm always maybe even hypersensitive to it not being about me. Like mm -hmm. I really, I don't struggle with that, but I am very sensitive to that. Like I don't, um, I don't want to come across that way ever. I just want it, you know, the Lord to be speaking to the church and the congregation and 
for for him to be coming across not you know it not being about me mm -hmm. um although it's you know as you know we're all human mm -hmm. and i find i found the recording of it was a piece that i'm i'm still not i mean i'm not used to it but i'm getting i'm getting better like with just accepting it because i do catch myself like okay don't rewatch that it doesn't matter or don't we don't need to do it again. It wasn't perfect, but that's okay. That's okay. Because it's, I'm not perfect and it doesn't have to be perfect. And it wouldn't have been perfect if I did it Sunday morning standing, you know, in front of the church and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, people like real and yeah. on Sunday morning when strings break or you start exactly. in the wrong key or yeah. you come in too early or you miss your entry, mm -hmm. That's all normal, and I, I yes. like it when other people mess up. Yes. I'm like, oh, I'm not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> I think the other so. piece that has been hard or just, you know, that has been so evident is um, the loss of the atmosphere um, of yeah. the church. You know, just there's something about, you know, us all being together and hearing everyone lifting up their voice. Like, my favorite thing as a worship leader, and I do it a lot because I just, it, it literally brings me to tears so often is just when I stop singing and the church just continues mm -hmm. to worship and continues to lift their voice. Like it's mm -hmm. just so powerful no to music me. music required. Just yeah. And I, I miss that. I miss the, I miss, you know, the church's, um, energy that they bring and, you know, their love for the Lord. And so when you're in a room <laughs> or at, even at the church recording now that we are, um, yeah. with the team, you know, you, you miss that and you're trying to lead and encourage that and, you know, somehow, you know, push that atmosphere, you know, like that Holy Spirit connection through this pre-recorded, you know, service that's going to play in a few days. Uh, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even right now we're recording a podcast and yeah. I'm being so distracting because I'm trying to like... <laughs> get this technical stuff to work properly so I apologize for that um, and things can go wrong on a Sunday morning with our sound and tech and all that stuff yeah. but now we're adding this whole other element to it yeah. um, with trying to record things and get the levels right and get the notes right and so in a way I've noticed I think it's actually growing our team because I don't know, it's like it's just a bit of a different mindset preparing mm -hmm. for worship when when um, I don't know, it's it's weird, like because we're we're worshiping and we're leading, but we're not with the people, like you said. Yeah. And so it's just got me thinking about everything a little differently. And then musically, we're sort of being forced to really work on our instruments and our singing and mm -hmm. make sure like this is going out to everybody on Sunday. So, <laughs> um, and you hear yourself again. Like I always uh, mm -hmm. suggest to students like to record themselves because that's such a great way to learn and to get to know your own voice and your own, you know, limitations or weaknesses or strengths. And so that's, that's been kind of cool, but, um, but it's definitely, definitely different so it's also weird to be home in my living room with my family mm -hmm. leading like worshiping to myself mm -hmm. <laughs> which yeah. I, think, I think andrew has said too in the past yeah yeah it's just odd I'm like this is weird <laughs> yeah 
So thank you for um, your patience in all of this. I'm going to get back to a couple of the questions that I actually prepared you for. <laughs> so do you, do you have any key stories um, or experiences in regards to worship that have really fueled your journey so far? I'll, maybe I can start just quickly sharing. For me, um, I really sensed a call to leading worship when I was at a, an event. And, you know, it was the very beginning of the event and the person leading worship, they strummed the first chord and they started singing this older vineyard song, Good To Me. And it, all of a sudden I just like sensed this washing like, or filling. I don't. I always say it was either head to toe or toe to head. I'm not sure, <laughs> but it was like the Holy Spirit, like something from outside of myself was like affecting me. And the Lord, I just remember hearing in my mind, like, you know, this is what I want you to do. This is what I've called you to. And it was a real like, wow, um, call to worship through music, right? Like, so. Um, and it doesn't have to be about your calling, but I mean, do you have any, um, anything that comes to mind and no pressure if you don't, or if it's too private to share? <laughs> um, I think, I mean, I've had several moments of just, um, moments of impact, like in my life. And I, like, I, I had, I've had several, I had several as a teenager that, you know, made me realize that God is real, you know, that this is, um, a real thing that I'm following, that I'm believing in, that, um, you know, that I'm committing to. And, like, I can still picture, like, the lime green carpet, you know, of our church, um, growing up. And just moments where at the altar where, you know, like just sobbing and just my tears, you know, just kind of wetting that lime green carpet and mm -hmm. just feeling just such a strong presence of, of God and just, just knowing without a doubt that he is so real and he, you know, loves me so much and has so um, much good intention for me. Um, I think that's, you know, as a young teenager, like I, I knew I had a call of God in my life. I knew I was called to ministry. I didn't know exactly what it was going to look like. I definitely wanted to run away from it <laughs> for a while. Um, my dad being a pastor and you know I saw both my older sisters go to Bible college I saw my brother become a youth pastor and I just thought Ugh, like no I'm different this is not mm -hmm. me you know like it's I I'm gonna do other things with my life you know I can be a Christian and not be in ministry I can be you know um, so I just had this and I was afraid you know I was afraid to accept that like, um, I, I always felt just not like a perfect person and not, 
I mean, I don't want to say I'm not good enough or anything like that. Like, but I just, I just thought, you know, I'm not the role model. Like I'm not who people should mm. look up to. I'm just, I'm just normal. I'm just a person. I'm, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I'm not fully gifted. I've always thought of myself as like, Oh, I'm pretty good at a lot of things, but I'm not like, I don't excel at like one specific thing. Like that's Well, just, you grew up surrounded by people who were you exhibiting, using, and developing their gifts, you know, in a public way, yes. ministry-wise. So, yeah. I mean, I remember that growing up. I couldn't believe it when I became a pastor. I was like, yeah. when I was 10 going to church in Chilliwack, like, I thought these people were superstars. Like, how <laughs> yeah. did they get into it? Like, yeah. man, they must have quite the calling on yeah. their life. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, and I don't know. I just, yeah. So I just, I know, like, I have, I had so many moments where God just just help me f- feel loved and just worthy, you know? Um, and, you know, as I've matured and gotten older and, you know, I went to, to college myself, I just realized that, like, I'm not called to be anything other than who I am and what I am. Like, God wants me to just be who I am and somehow um, I pray that that is going to help you know, people that come in contact in with my life, you know, in all the various ways that that happens. Um, but, and then just meeting my husband, of course, and seeing the call on his life. And it's just been interesting to, I think, um, once we, you know, got married and started doing this together, it just felt right. Like, it just felt like, okay, this is, you know, I'm supposed to do this as a team. Like we're supposed to do mm. this together. We're supposed to walk this out together. And yeah. So. Right on. Mm-hmm. And for me, I felt an inadequacy and like I was kind mm. of in the shadow of my sister, even though she's younger, I would have said she was, is more gifted musically than me. And she sits on the piano and just plays from her heart by mm. ear. And um, there's just a different freedom and worship like that but she was the one who took a worship ministry degree in college I just did general biblical studies um, I played sports and so music wasn't as big even though it was always part of my life and then I did a nursing degree and was involved in my church but as a college and career leader music wasn't really the huge focus so I guess I just felt like I was kind of more in the shadows and in the in the wings but gradually got more involved and I guess for me it the affirmation and confirmation has has been through congregational members who just who make positive comments and are just really thankful and blessed by um, a Sunday when I lead and I just say thanks be to God because it's not me it's God orchestrating it through me and Mm -hmm. so it's been a little bit of a I guess a different journey. It's not the same. I didn't feel a definitive calling, but I feel reaffirmed in where I'm at right now. And I know that when we move from Edmonton to Oliver, that my place in being involved in ministry was in worship. And spent some time in the nursery, obviously with kids going up through, but you know, teaching Sunday school, that's not a gifting. I know that for me right now, worship, worship leading is where, where mm. I should be. Um, I don't feel like it was this huge calling in my life that I answered to, 
but I'd say like the affirmation from people reaffirms that this is where God has said, yes, you have a job here right now. Mm -hmm. I've had seasons where like in between life where like we, I haven't led for a year or or something like that. Um, Like we had a transition between when we had left one church uh, where we had been working for um, a long time and where we really started uh, together as a couple and we didn't and I so I didn't leave for a, a year or so and I don't know it was it was through that where I really realized okay this is like it really important to me like it fulfills me in a lot of ways as well is it you know like I'm so blessed and happy that I'm able to like help a congregation and be a part of a team and you know um, be enriched in that way but yeah like it was it's like a heartbeat like I just it's part of me um, it has to get out <laughs> I guess sometimes like even if it's at home with my hubby and we're just playing but I have to you know like it's just in it's a personal I don't know just longing and calling I guess that Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've attended a number of different conferences and music festivals and stuff over mm-hmm. the years and one that will stick out forever was uh, a YC youth conference in Edmonton mm. um, shortly into our married life and I think we must have gone with youth group slash college and career and we think of the former well the Edmonton Coliseum which yeah. doesn't exist in terms of hockey anymore but how are many people it holds 17,000 people lifting up their hands and worshiping to Michael mm-hmm. Louis Smith and yeah. all the different there bands. Too. Yeah, I think you, yeah, we've talked like, about yeah. our paths may have crossed before we even here, but <laughs> just the incredible power of that many people lifting yes. their hands to God and that just mm-hmm. really spoke to me and so to, mm-hmm. like you said, that's what we're missing right now, the physical connection, the spiritual connection in the same building on a Sunday morning. It's not quite the same in the living room <laughs> at home with my family of five, but yeah. there is so much power to think of, you know, that's what we're going to be doing one day in heaven, worshiping mm-hmm. for unending hours yeah. to our Lord, lift, lifting his name high. Yeah, collectively, we're collectively mm-hmm. agreeing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the, the YouTube worship <laughs> has helped us in our, um, you know, Hopefully, it's helping to develop personal worship in people's yeah, lives. Totally. Like, yeah. you know, not mm-hmm. not that people aren't doing it, but yeah. it's kind of cool that we're we're facilitating that personal or that you know quiet, yeah, private time of worship and prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely miss the group, uh, um, you know, agreement in worship and togetherness and. So um, I don't want to keep you too too much longer. I think, um, and we've answered some of the questions that I put in here already. So I'm gonna kind of, uh, I'll sort of put these two together. That so, what are you doing per in your personal life? Like what? How do you sort of maintain a um, balance? as a worship leader, as you're both mothers, you know, in your work, in just 
all the various things that you do. And you, and I know you both serve in the church in other ways too. Um, so yeah, like, is there anything unique or, or maybe not unique or is there, is there something that you do to sustain yourself? Um, so that when you do go to lead worship, you're, you're able to do so. <laughs> um, I think um, it's a lot less, um, I don't know, exciting. <laughs> but really, it's just about, uh, for me anyway, it's just about even taking that, those five minutes, you know, when I'm outside on the porch or when I'm in, um, you know, cooking dinner or something and just putting on that, you know, that worship music or putting on a podcast or, um, I listen to the audio Bible yeah. <laughs> a lot. I, sure. I've been doing the, um, what's his name? I wrote it down. So I won't forget. Um, Graham, I believe. No, Nikki Gumbel mm-hmm. guy who does alpha. Yeah. He has a one year, it's like a devotional and you read the Bible in a year. So I've been doing that um, this year and I've really enjoyed that. And it only takes a few minutes and I just put it on and I get to, you know, he's, he's just full of wisdom, that guy. Mm-hmm. And I had so many times what he's, you know, sharing for that devotional that day. I'm like, oh, that speaks to me today, you know. It's been really great. So, yeah, I've just been doing that. Like recently, that most recently, that's what I've been doing. And, um, <clears throat> you know, me and my husband will just sometimes sit out and play. You know, he'll play guitar and we'll just sing and, and worship together and just spend time together. Um, right even like at, at work, like because I'm working at the school. At recess, over the winter, I was just, I would just put on my audio Bible and just walk around and supervise at recess, <laughs> listening to my audio Bible, <laughs> just mm-hmm. things like that. But... I find that really helps me just to stay grounded, to stay in the right mindset, when, especially if, you're having, if I'm having a rough day mm. and when I'm feeling just human, <laughs> when negative thoughts are just kind of running through, um, I find that kind of brings me back to, you know, what's important and where my priorities are and where my heart's at. Right um, yeah. Andrea, do you have any tricks to stay sane <laughs> to feed your soul oh that varies from day to day but as a mom yeah three girls it can be all over the map but i would say very similar um music listening to worship music is definitely um a game changer in the morning just as a good mood altering um way uh if the girls are struggling or just not in the best mindset putting on worship music can just change the entire atmosphere so as we're prepping breakfast or lunches or whatever um i love that my girls will go turn on the ipad and just get into the apple music or a playlist that they've made and just listen it just kind of helps refocus when we're thinking of good positive uplifting kind of uh words so that's probably one of the biggest and then yeah there's scripture 
that's been memorized or that I know through music um, is a big help for me. I listen to you, these kids' tapes, cassettes back in the day. Now you can get them on CDs called GT and the Halo Express, and it's basically all scripture put to music. And so those still pop into my head you know, 20-some years, 30-some years later. Um, I guess I'm dating myself, but <laughs> um, it's just amazing, yeah, how much scripture speaks to us, and yeah. especially in music, the combination is powerful. So that's probably the most grounding and just... Mm-hmm. That's a good word. Best grounding. Focusing um, and, thing for me. And of course, you have a lot of uh, Stephen Tune on your playlists, right? Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> Love me some Just tune. kidding. Love me some tune action. Um, so, yeah, just in closing, um, by the way, do you feel trapped? Do you guys you have to go? Like, I feel like we're going over time. I'm just wondering what that noise is. No. Okay, so just last question. Any songs or books that are getting y'all fired up right now anything that you can recommend to me <laughs> and our listeners I think the song that has been speaking to me most over the last couple months has been Goodness of God mm-hmm. um, and who, who's that by or who's, who's who does it should we look it up I think yeah, I, look it up too I don't want to say the wrong you want to make sure I know. I that Sheila to. gets the right slides in when you do that song. So we need to know who the composer is. <laughs> I have it's had Bethel, that. isn't it? I think it's Bethel. Yeah, yeah Jen Johnson. Okay. Bethel. Right pretty, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Have you led that one yet? Here? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I think with everything that's going on, you know, just the words are so powerful. They speak to, they just kind of like get me right in the heart. And, you know, I will, you know, I will, can't think right now. Sorry. It's okay. I will sing of the goodness of God. Sorry, there, I got it. Awesome. <laughs> right yeah, I, I really like Graves into Gardens. Mm-hmm. We haven't, I haven't led it yet, yeah. but I've like played it with Jay just at home and just over and over again and listened to it a bunch. I'm loving that one. Awesome. Yeah. Andrea, do you have any songs? Or, uh... um, one that's spoken to me a little bit more, and I really like um, history of songs and meaning and where, like, the place that they were written. So, yeah. um, Reza Hallelujah has spoken to me quite a bit. Um, and a good friend of mine lost her mom to cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the song was written out of uh, a child who was sick. Mm-hmm. And, and so I just, that became my prayer for my friend and for her mom. And unfortunately she lost her battle. But there's still power in, in whether the outcome is the way we want it or not and raising our voices to God. Um, there, there's just so much power in that and so similarly a really old song the hymn it is well with my soul mm-hmm. um, and then the newer version that um, Christine DeMarco did of that as well 
I just I love those those songs. I love the, the words are just incredible, and to be able to sing it as well with my soul when you've lost your entire family, mm -hmm. like incredible tragedy that I can't even fully imagine. Um, yeah. It's incredible to be able to sing those words. Collectively I love songs that are like straight from scripture too. Like mm -hmm. when you're just singing scripture, like yeah. It's, there's I keep saying again. Like, there's so much power in that. Too. Yeah, there's so much power just in that. I really. Yeah, I mean, it connects Connect with that, yeah. Mm -hmm. It connects with history, like the history of the church and God's mm -hmm. people. And mm -hmm. you feel like you're singing with them, you know, yeah. like whether it's the prophet or mm -hmm. the disciples or, yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So any final thoughts? I, this has been wonderful. I think we should do this all the time with our <laughs> worship team because then we can get to know each other better and, mm -hmm. you know hear our story so I'm sorry one of your so other questions over here yeah I think one of your other questions was um oh about snakes with human traits yeah yeah uh <laughs> something about what would we say to a new leader coming up yes like yes do you have anything mm -hmm. to say to them uh, I would just... <laughs> Andrea is shaking her head. No, we don't know what to say. <laughs> really? I, I really do just want to say, like, to share your heart with your church that you're serving at and to not be ashamed or embarrassed to be vulnerable um, when you're leading. Um, because I think by doing that, it gives the church permission to do that as well. Um, and I really do believe that. Um, that, you know, us being, you know, Levites leading, leading in worship is really more about us helping others, you know, get there as well. And... Mm -hmm. That is truly um, my desire and my heart behind it. Awesome. Okay, I didn't think of something. <laughs> Dad, um, whether you're starting out, whether you're coming to church, I think just the, the two words that have been um, kind of repeating in my life would be intentional and authenticity. And if we bring those things to worship, um, I was going to say like there's such a richness in having five different leaders who are all different personalities who all have different backgrounds and so collectively we all bring something different uh, and so each Sunday is going to look different music is going to sound a little bit different and it's going to resonate with more people on certain Sundays than others and that's okay but ultimately it comes down to what we bring to the table as congregational men members and I think it's just good to remind people that it's not about what we're getting, it's mm -hmm. about what we're bringing. And we should yeah. come with the attitude of, mm -hmm. what can I give today to this service and to this yeah. worship? Not, what am I gonna get out of it? Because then you're almost guaranteed to go away feeling like you didn't get what you needed or mm -hmm. you weren't filled up in the way mm -hmm. that you were expecting. And so, just to come with that expectation of what you can give and being authentic and intentionally making those choices mm -hmm. I think if all if every group everybody did that our experiences mm -hmm. would be 
richer and, and different yeah. than if we have this expectation of getting. Mm -hmm. Totally. So. Yeah, and even for us as leaders, like we're yeah. prepping and doing things through the week. But when it comes mm -hmm. to Sunday morning, we've, we're done. We're done our prep mm -hmm. and work and stuff. And now we're all in this together. Yeah. And hopefully what we've done will help facilitate mm -hmm. worship. But we're trying to encourage our people. Like, hey, we're all doing this. Like, mm -hmm. it's not just mm -hmm. us up here. Like, it's, yeah. you know, yeah. we're all priests. We're all going to the throne, you know. Yeah. Right, so. and that's my prayer on a Sunday morning is that oh, God, will you please use this to reach people at exactly where they're at today mm -hmm. um, because he knows where each individual yeah. is coming from in their week and mm -hmm. so just use what we've prepared and obviously yeah. what was placed in my heart during the week. Yeah, I just pray that that's what's needed on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And that's Amen. all we can do. Awesome. <laughs> it's out of our hands. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot to pray. <laughs> pray now and then cut it. At the Thank end. you, Jesus, for this <laughs> podcast. Thank you, Lord, for these two worship leaders. And uh, Lord, I ask that you continue to grow them, grow us, and um, this congregation as well. Draw us closer mm -hmm. to you. And, and bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. This has been the worshipleaderlife.com podcast. You can find us at worshipleaderlife.com. I'm your host, Stephen Toon. I'm an ordained minister with the Christian Missionary Alliance in Canada. I was a pastor for almost 20 years, and now I support local churches by discipling worship leaders. And I look forward to serving you again. Thanks. Bye-bye. Comfort and healing from all my pain Your love, it transforms and reclaims your touch We love your embrace Savior, rescued me while I was still in sin I'll never receive condemnation or shame again covered by the song of your love i'm saved by the mark of your blood oh you fly like an eagle and pour like rain you ride on the wind and you know my name everything broken demands again one can love like you You're gentle as a whisper but never weak You're rushing like a breaker but you calm the sea You glorify the Father and spread His name Jesus, there's none like you A friend and a brother we 
fly like an eagle and pour like rain You ride on the wind and you know my name Everything broken you mend again No one can love like you You're gentle as a whisper but never weak You're rushing like a breaker but you calm the sea You glorify the Father and spread His name Jesus, there's none like you Jesus, there's none like you